Blog Talk Radio. Well, here it is, friends. It's still Tuesday. And in one part of the country, it's morning. In the other part of the country, it's afternoon. And my dear co-host likes it that he's ahead of me. (laughs) He's trying to get a little giggle out of you there. This is your host, Dr. Deb Carlin, here on the K Factor, where K equals kindness and the factors are all the things that lead to it. And this is still the No Apologies show, but we've launched in December a new platform, rebranding, and it's called Partners in Excellence Media. You know why? Because we are the news. We are your news. And it's all about you. It's about your life. It's about what you're doing with your heart, your head, your business, and your faith, and your health. And my co-host is still the forever famous and always genteel and make and feel. Invite you to get it straight. Mr. Doctor, Minister, Counselor Richard Flint. <laughs> Good morning, Deb. I guess yeah, it's still morning where you are. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. You look fabulous today. I cannot believe that you just had hip surgery a matter of weeks ago and you're just back in the in the throes of life. Yeah, the the physical therapy is necessary, but it sure is not a lot of fun. I went yesterday, and um, they keep incre- increasing um, the physical part. Oh, boy. But it's okay. It's, uh, what is it old saying? No pain, no gain. They do say oh. that. Who are they, anyway? Who who are they that say these things, these vicious things? They're <clears throat> just people who um, are there to... Help us. Um, Random gadabouts. No, these are these are all trained professionals. They're they're good. They're fun. They're all down. Uh, yeah. The the team at the physical therapy place where I go there, with the exception of probably one, the average age must be about um, late twenties, early thirties. Isn't that fun? Yeah, and they're fun to pick on. <laughs> well, I love the Merry Christmas and um, scene that you've got behind you there. It's absolutely exquisite. It's like oh, a treat. We are, we are close to Christmas. We are. We are weeks away. So here's one of the things that I was thinking about. You know, um, you and I come together to talk about our concerns about the future of America. And as the world is shrinking and we're sharing our our anxiety and our concerns about what what friends from around the world are communicating. Wait a second, I thought you were okay there. No, we're not okay over here. How's it over there? Comparing notes. So what we've got now, being on Blog Talk Radio and on, on our YouTube channels, two of them, and on LinkedIn, we've got international exposure. You know, our audience, it has shifted from being about – 60% of it being American <clears throat> to having it about 71% American. And uh, the next leader is about 11% Germany. And we've got a lot of activity in relationships in Germany and in Austria. So that group of people is really dialing in here. But I'm seeing our reach across the planet really growing. And that delights me because if we can help infiltrate people all around the world with what our messaging is of no apologies. We're here doing critical thinking and engaging in critical dialogue. 
Well, then we have a real opportunity to change the trajectory, I believe, and not just survive where we're at here in 2020, but thrive because we've got our right minds about us. What do you think about that? Well, I think you and I have our right minds. Um, I do too. I, I wonder about a lot of other people out there um, as to uh, motive to what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, as to agenda or why they're doing it right now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it all comes back to something we keep talking about over and over and over again because it's central to everything, and that is the human spirit. Yeah, absolutely. And if there is anything under attack right now, it is the human spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, they, in so many different ways, they crushed people's spirit at Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. And now we're looking at Christmas, and you look at some of these major cities and major places, and what are they doing? They're working to crush the human spirit. And the frustration, uh, the disappointment, uh, the level of depression is just growing by leaps and bounds. And, you know, you and I have talked about this over and over again. Our behavior has an agenda. And, you know, the virus is the reason, but it's not the the whole agenda. No, it's not the whole agenda. It gives them a reason. It gives them a a way to justify. But, you know, when you are slowly pulling the human spirit down, surgery, and I remember this from, you know, other operations I've had, when it doesn't take long after surgery to realize you've lost your stamina. Yeah. And that you're weak. Mm-hmm. And you try to get yourself back up and you think, I can be right back to where I was. But the human body does not work that way. And I believe that neither does the human mind. I think when you take the human mind and you start pulling out of it the positive part, and I believe that every positive part we lose, we replace it with emotions. Yeah. And what I'm seeing right now is just a depletion in people's positive optimism. And it seems like that every time that people start to breathe, yeah. they start to, to feel, you know what, we can go forward. Then what do they do? They come out with something to pull the rug out from other people. You look at places like L.A., you look at San Francisco, you look at New York, uh, Chicago, and you look at these power-hungry demagogues that are playing with people's lives. And yet, none of this is affecting them because they still have a job. They still get a paycheck. And they still do whatever they want to do while they're trying to hold other people to their own personal, their own agenda about what they should be doing. The hypocrisy in this country, the lies that are being told, and what is the actions that are being presented are all all about, I think, depleting the human spirit. I agree. And 
somehow we've got to break that. Somehow we have to break that. Well, you know, one of the things that that I I love about our relationship and in our connection to one another is is I as I I observe and experience, we bolster one another. We we can we can come in here and be. <clears throat> a strength and a pillar of strength for each other as we take a chance by speaking out and, and raising the topics. I mean, we, we've talked about everything that's happened during 2020 here and, and called it out and expressed our concerns and not try to force anything on anybody, but really our dedication is to get people thinking critically. And there's a, there's a gap in our education that is unforgivable. That we don't teach people critical thinking skills. This is what I was raised on. This is what I heard about from the time I was in grade school. I didn't understand what they were talking about. And as I got more educated in grade school and in high school and in college and graduate school, it's so essential because with critical thinking skills, you understand thinking about the intangibles as well as the, the tangibles, the what if questions, the the interplay of many factors and how do you how do you exercise discernment and decision making how do you have a balance between your heart and your head these are all components of critical thinking and i agree with you that it is it is very frightening and disheartening to be watching what's happening i'm very active on social media and um linkedin is very business like so people are are much more um, appropriate there because they don't want to ruin any business opportunities. And a lot of them are working for companies on, and they're there on their behalf as opposed to being independent somehow. But uh, it was in, it really interesting. Two things that happened on Facebook recently was um, somebody posed a question, should I take the vaccine or not? And the other thing that happened was somebody posted a meme that said, okay, let me help me understand this. If wearing a mask was supposed to stop this and it didn't, and then social distancing was supposed to stop it and it didn't, and putting a mask on and social distancing didn't stop it, what kind of science are we operating off of? And what's a vaccine going to do? And on both of those posts, people went, wild. And I was really proud. Um, people were exercising a lot of reasonability. But the part that really bothered me was people who stepped up and just blasted it, made fun of it. Uh, you're stupid if you don't get it. This is the science. Wait a second. What is this? What is this is the science? The flaws in it, the lack of coherence, the lack of consistency, the shifting in the wind of it's three feet, it's five feet, it's six feet, it's 15 feet, it's a big mask, it's a little mask, it's any mask, it's this mask. Um, the vaccine is safe, the vaccine is not safe. No, they're all safe. You know, the, the uncertainty with a mix of information, you bet it rips down the human spirit. And I am amazed at the relationships that it tears apart. This has cost me relationships. Absolutely. There are people who have who have risen to the occasion of showing their mean spiritedness. 
I very politely asked them not to come to my timeline, not, not to berate my friends and to berate me. You're in my virtual living room. I'd appreciate it if you, you know, you come visit, but you're in my virtual living room. I, I really expect you to behave a certain way. There's expectations here. I'm gracious about it, but I really, when they do it once, twice, and then three times, I say, you know, I think we're pretty much done here. Because you're really revealing something to me. It could be angst-driven, but it kind of doesn't matter. And bullying, nope, doesn't matter. That We're not doing that here. It's not tolerated. So I'm defending the people who were bullied, and I'm just cutting loose of people. And then the personal attacks of, you know, who do I think I am, and can I teach people everything about why it is that none of this is okay? Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things I found interesting today, and I think that, News we really talked about yesterday is that Pfizer, who had we've given a bunch of money to, I believe, to help bring this virus along, yeah, the vaccine along. <clears throat> now is saying that there may not be enough vaccine uh, to really, uh, you know, inoculate the American people because they've sold it all to foreign countries. Yeah, yeah. The first vaccine was delivered in England today. Yeah. And that it may be June or July before there's really any new vaccine, their production of new vaccine uh, will be there. And I, I just don't understand uh, how, you know, we gave them a ton of money to develop this for the American population. And now what they're doing is uh, they're taking what we have paid for and they're selling it uh, to other countries. Well, it's, it's interesting. And this morning that President Trump was going to sign an executive order that was going to sort of curtail them being able to do that until there's enough for the American population that wants to be inoculated uh, but, to get the, the vaccine. And I, and I hope that that, that key word is um, adhered to wants to be inoculated because the idea of forced vaccinations is absolutely intolerable to me. I've, I, I live and have lived my entire life on a very different paradigm. Um, and I, and I'm very, very concerned about all the companies um, in terms of the, the creation of and the delivery of a vaccination. The most powerful thing that we can, that we should have been doing all year is teaching the Americans instead of having them be afraid, except for, again, the agenda, um, instead of having the American people become afraid and the world of people become afraid, we really should have been out here teaching people and in quiet places, you know, colleagues of mine and I around the world have been doing that, how to boost their immune system, what kinds of things to do, you know, and pretty easily and straightforward. Um, the medical practices that I'm that I am associated with, we've had good fortune in having people recover very quickly if they did get sick and tested positive. But you know, the vaccination vaccinations are flat out not safe. You do run a fever when you get it most of the time, and people do get sick. And there have been people who have been severely damaged from vaccinations, and that's just not refutable. And I'm very concerned that we are going to approach our elderly and get them first. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that to me says you want to get rid of the witnesses to history because there's an erasure 
of history. I'm very concerned about it. And these, this project has been rushed. And even when they're not rushed, there's too many ingredients that are in these vaccines that I flat out don't approve of. Well, one of the things you just said, I mean, uh, it is something that I think is important in that uh, what we should have been doing rather than frightening people to death. Yeah, literally. Yeah. And, but you can't manipulate educated people with fear. So, because education sees the real agenda. But as long as what we're doing is we're not committed to educating people, we are committed to helping fuel the fear. And, you know, again, um, even the medical community cannot agree. Mm, right on. All of this, because this is such a move, um, a new thing for us to have something like the coronavirus um, be able to overwhelm like it's done. You know, the problem is, Richard, that it's overwhelmed psychologically, and I've said this since December and January, literally. It has never been the germ that has been the the main alarm for me. A germ is a germ, and there's no defeating it. I mean, there's no denying it. There is defeating it. There's no denying it. But the thing that has unhinged me and brought me to tears many days, the social psychology of this is what's terrifying. Absolutely what's terrifying. The social psychology of this. And, you know, people who I thought were really bright and who were critical thinkers have turned this into such a political argument. And, by the way, I do not argue about these things with people. I just don't. I will say things calmly and present a few thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I would, I would love to influence people, but you don't influence people by arguing. I mean, not unless that's your way of being. And so, I mean, I've had people who I love dearly who have just screamed at me over the phone, their perspective. I haven't, I have not shouted out my perspective. I have not ever Put it in their face, you know, who my vote was for and why and been in dissension with them about their choices. Um, but, you know, I find myself on the phone saying, we're actually not in disharmony. We still have a friendship. We really don't need to put this in the way of us. And really, you know, quite frankly, I'm not the one. I mean, I could I could be screaming right back. You know, you're not thinking this through clearly. Take a look what's happening to our freedoms. Why aren't you concerned about that? But that's not willing to get with anybody because we're arguing about things that we don't have individual control over. And if we're going to influence people and get them to think in their right mind and go through discernment and critical thinking, berating them, yelling at them, that doesn't do any good. Well, here's the downside to arguing. Yeah. People who want to argue with you are not going to listen to you. There you go. So what happens is they're they're making noise, 
but they don't want any noise from the back. They they want to sit there and and, and beat you down. Uh, so if you rise up and you emotionally come back at them, all you're doing is validating their behavior. So I'm like, hey, I'm not going to argue with anyone because it's not going to make any difference. My belief is my belief. Uh, you know, your belief, if it's a belief, most of the time what they call a belief is an opinion because if you ask them the right questions, they got to shut up. Right. It was it was just like the reporter who asked Governor Newsom from California the question about where's the science behind everything you're doing with all the closings of things. You kept saying and y'all kept saying we're following the science, but where's the science in what you're doing? There is no science to it. But how did he answer that? He didn't answer. Isn't that amazing? That uh, that stuns me. That's a new category uh, in the, in the main media. You can go ahead and ask whatever you want. They don't answer. No. And and here's the other thing. I actually had a woman. I actually un, unfollowed her, unfriended her, and then I blocked her. So she sent me a private email. She's actually she's actually a decent human being, but you know. What she's saying is, it's my page, and if you don't agree with me, I don't want you to post anything. So, okay, well, there's really not much point in us being connected to each other because you're showing up on my page, and you're putting stuff that is the polar opposite to me, and and she's calling me, she's categorizing me and calling me names. So I figured, you know what? I very calmly stated a case. She didn't want to hear it. Okay. I just am recommending people go do their homework. And then there's people who want me to, like, teach a course on what it's taken me 50 years to learn. And and so what I said was, you know, I'm really not – you can Google. You can Google Scholar, and and you'll discover all kinds of information. But I'm just telling you, here's the, here's the, here's the key words. Enter these key words, and you'll get a plethora of uh, stuff to study. I don't need to show you. I don't, this is not my classroom. <laughs> so a couple people, you know, come back with their snotty remarks. Okay, I'm done. So she writes me and tells me that, you know, she doesn't want anybody on her platform, on her timeline, to get confused by hearing alternate thinking. She'd rather have everybody stay there and feel really safe with just her brand of thinking. Okay, I haven't answered her email because, you know what? It's gonna be it's gonna be like a vacuum cleaner on my time. It's just gonna put the hose to it and it's gonna evaporate. What is there to say to somebody who says people are too stupid? That's essentially what she's saying. People are too stupid to be able to think their way through it. So only give them one flavor of ice cream, make it vanilla. Don't risk chocolate. God forbid, don't do. Neapolitan or strawberry or rocky road, they'd flip out. So just quiet it down, shut up. I'd want you on my page. You have a great following. Bring them here. No, I'm not condoning what you're doing. And I, I, by the way, I resent the idea that the American public is stupid or that people overall are stupid. I think that people are intimidatable and it's horrifying. And I think there's a lot of bullies out here. I think that's what's happened to our election. 
you know, people have gotten beaten up and hospitalized and threatened and their families threatened death, not just beatings, but death. Don't you dare whistleblow as a, as an election person, you know, working at the polls. Well, you, you know, I, I'm going to disagree with you on one point. What? Um, I think the opposite of wisdom, and wisdom to me is gaining information, discerning that information, and finding what I can bring to my life that will improve me. And then I implement. But to me, the opposite of wisdom is stupidity. Oh, you're stupidity right. Stupidity is where I refuse to do any research. I refuse to really work to understand what is being. And, and I become mentally lazy, which makes me emotionally susceptible to people who want me to become their sheep. Yeah. And I think people have become, they become mentally lazy. And but sometimes what people don't seem to understand yet is that if you drop out of the classroom of learning, you slip into the classroom of sameness. And sameness becomes a lifestyle. We proved that with the welfare, welfare system. You're right. That, you know, no one challenges, no one, that's a wrong word. Very few people are challenged to step out of welfare. We have generation after generation. And we want them to stay there. There's a group of people that want them to stay there. Yeah, not we, not you and me. No. But there's a, there is a whole political platform that wants them to stay there because all we have to do is say, if President Trump is reelected, he's going to take this away from you. And they're guided by they're guided by fear, and they have become dependent on handouts. Um, I had a conversation earlier today with a, a young lady who uh, is really whining about the fact that she has no money, she has uh, no food. And so I'm asked, I was asking her, what do you do with your day? Well, I sat home all day and I watch TV. Why don't you go out and look for a job? Well, it's not going to be any job for me. How do you know that? You know, I, I, just, I just don't think that that would happen. And this is a mentality that is increasing in our country today is, you know what, you'll take care of me. And when I look at what um, is being proposed, uh, number one was Schumer uh, wanting to reduce $50,000 of, of you know, uh, educational debt from people who got loans to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I look at the desire to take 11 million people, and give them instant citizenship, or even without citizenship, we're going to give them free health care. What are we doing to the human spirit that says, I want more? And what are we doing to people when we keep keep giving them the fish, but they don't have to get fishing? You know, one of the people who has come on the scene for me in, in 2020 is Candace Owens. I've been watching her. She's been on uh, Fox several times, and she's done uh, several interviews. Very, very bright and sharp young lady. Well, she really is. And 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 one of the things that really hard for her, she came on the scene, 
through Prager University is um, she got blasted. She's a beautiful young black woman, um, newly married, actually uh, with child and, you know, delivering any month now. I don't know exactly when. That's probably not for public disclosure, you know, in terms of exact. She's this beautiful young woman who speaks about the ways in which she has been alienated by her own race because she is well-spoken, she's well-educated, and what she says is, we need to stop black oppression by us as blacks saying, what are we doing? We're, we're saying we want, we want to matter. We already do. We're saying we want the same advantages. We have them. I'm sitting here. I'm living proof. Come join me. I mean, I'm paraphrasing her, but what I love about her is she is a role model of empowerment for the American way. I mean, well, we have people who, who take a, you know, a cardboard box and laminate it to get here from Cuba or who would do anything to get into the country so that they could come here and really work and have an American dream come true. The American dream is really, it's achievable. And, and, uh, you know, if you, if you don't, if you don't think that there's a job out there for you, that somebody will hire you, then make one up. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur. I've been making it up my whole life. And yeah, I have education and credentials and all that, but that's not, that's not a, a silver platter up here. Now the whole world is open up to you. I hustle all the time. Yeah, that raises, that raises an interesting question. Yeah. And that is these people who are, who are coming across the border in England. Yeah. Do you think they're really coming here for the American dream or to be taken care of? It's probably a mix. I think that there's there's probably a mix there. I I do think that it is it is unfair for the people who are coming in and it is unfair for the people who are here. It's not fair for anybody if we allow illegal penetration of our borders. And it's really unfortunate. I think, unless I'm mistaken, the reason that Ellis Island isn't a thing anymore is because people can now get here by all other ways of transportation. You know, when it was just a boat, you went to New York, you went to Ellis Island, you got processed, and you came into the country. But, you know, with the, with the freedom of travel, with that breakdown, I wish that people would look at the immigration issue as a nurturing process as opposed to a tyrannical banishment. It's not a tyrannical banishment. And that's part of the problem. I mean, I'd like for everybody to ask themselves, if you're in favor of illegal immigration, are you willing to adopt these people, these families, and bring them into your home? You're the one who wants them here. Are you willing to bring them into your home lovingly sponsor them and shepherd them into America and help them infiltrate into the country. Wouldn't that well, we be? Know that we, we know the answer to that, that the majority of people would tell you no. Even the ones who support just let them in. But if it came to them having to become part of their life, then no, they don't want that. You know, and this is a part of the hypocrisy. Yeah, it is. It, it's, a, it's a part of you know, my three little words, behavior never lies. Your behavior never lies. And, you know, we we have become, especially I'm, I, I think in Washington, D.C., we have become um, people. And there's a group, there's politicians who 
want to deceive the American population. And it goes back to that thought that the American people are stupid. You know, I go back to Ron Emanuel's brother whenever they were going to do Obamacare, and he said, the American public won't care because they're stupid. He said that? Yeah. He said it on national TV. Wow. You know, and, and that, you know, they, and, and I don't know what it's, I don't know what it's going to take um, for a fire to be lit to the point where uh, we're going to say enough is enough. No, I, I was talking to another person early this morning who was telling me that there is a movement underway in D.C. right now that when Biden becomes president, one of the things that they're going to do is they're going to take away people's guns. Oh, yeah. And you want to start a civil war. Uh, that will that will be the, the the stick of dynamite, and that they're going to tax you if you have a gun, and it can hold more than six rounds of ammunition, then you're going to be taxed. Yeah, right. And but I I think that could be the stick of dynamite that that lights everything uh, because. That is so unconstitutional. I, I, I really believe that this this far left generation uh, they don't know the Constitution, they don't understand the Constitution, they don't care about the Constitution. Right. If it stands in their way of them getting what they want, then let's just do away with the Constitution. Yeah, well, one hundred percent. I I hear that too, and it just it has me um, very uncomfortable because. When I'm thinking about the United States Constitution and our Bill of Rights, it's sacred. I mean, there's nothing short of sacred about it. And the the people who came to this country and wrote about it, I mean, the very reason that they came here was for their freedom because they didn't want their religion to be mandated by the government. And yet, I'm a practicing Catholic, and I have not been to Mass most of the year because first our churches were closed that just to me i i have a i have a heartbreak literally i have a heartbreak and about that and i have a fury about that because it's so insulting you leave liquor stores open and hardware stores, big ones, and you leave all these other places open, and you have the audacity not only to close the houses of worship, but then my own archdiocese, my own Vatican says, oh, all right, well, wait a second, wait a second, that's a life force. And then they open the doors, and I got to sign in, and I got to wash my hands, and I got to wear a mask, and there's no holy water. And, you know, that's part of our sacraments. Part of our sacraments have been just, you're done, cut it off. I went to Mass two different times. I sat in there, and I had to excuse myself because I was thinking such bad thoughts while I was in there. I was begging God to forgive me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, I've this a lot of time. Uh, someone, please, help me understand how faith is not essential. Mm. Uh, 
Why is it that X off the things that are essential to be open? And I would like for someone else to explain to me, how can a place like Walmart, which here in the United States, their profits are up almost 500%. I saw the other day where profits for Walmart in Canada are up 750%. You know, how can they open their doors and have people streaming all over the place, and yet a, a restaurant that has done everything they can to, to play by the rules is forced to close? Someone explain that to me. I mean, I think you have you have a, a greater uh, possibility to attract COVID uh, in a Walmart than you do in a restaurant where, you know, they're taking all these precautions uh, to keep their patrons safe. And it's just, you know, these people who are making these decisions, uh, they don't care. Well, I'll tell you what, I I wish that I could disagree with you on that. And, and, you know, the answers that I have are, are just you and I being on the same side of the, the thought process, but, the thing that, you know, really, I mean, we really, we have to help people with their coping skills during our episodes. We, we just have to because you and I need the coping mechanisms as well. And our coping mechanism is, is not to engage in the arguments, but our coping mechanism is to pray. Our coping mechanism is to talk it out in discernment and, and to exercise our critical thinking skills and to think of ways that we can help ourselves and our loved ones and our communities and you know the the hypocrisy at hand and why anybody defends this I just for the life of me cannot figure if you are a leader and you are saying to people you don't go out there but excuse me aren't you on a video cam selfie and you are out there what are you doing I mean what are you doing? It, it is just unfathomable to me. Um, I just, I don't even know how to deal with that. And and for the Speaker of the House to be at a salon, she secondly, she doesn't have her mask on. And then three, the statement is that you were set up. How were you set up? I don't see handcuffs on you, somebody dragging you into the salon, yanking your mask off. This is not a setup. This is choice. You've taken away our choices, but you have yours. And you, and here in Chicago, you had to go to a salon to get your hair done because you have a disorder. What, what, what kind of disorder do you have? There's no such thing. There's no such thing as that. It would be... It would be I don't I don't even know what the irony of it is or what what the akinness to it is but you know Richard during this time you and I have exercised some beautiful coping skills I have developed this radio platform and brought in the people who I respect highly in my life you being right here with me I want to engage with you at least once every week doing good work. And, and spreading the news and making our distribution huge. And now we are in the millions on distribution, and that delights me. 
and people can get our messaging and learn something from it. And you see and feel our angst and then you also hear our solutions. And the thing that you've done, which I'm so proud of for you, oh, my goodness, you've developed your lifelong dream of the Learning Center, and you've launched it. Please talk about the Learning Center and describe for people this magnificent virtual space that they can come into and really get their head and their heart aligned and and learn everything from you that you've ever taught. Please talk about that. Well, the Learning Center has been, you know, it's been a seed uh, for quite a while. And then in June uh, of 2015, I got up one day and I had a come to Jesus meeting with myself. Yeah. And, you know, said, you know what? You've been given this mind and you've been given the ability to take the challenges, the struggles, the pains, the problems that people have and be able to help them to move beyond these and move through them. And so that day was the birth of the start of the creation of my learning center. That's amazing. And last Friday, uh, December 4th, we launched it. I was there. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you something, Deb. Yeah. Um, the response to it has just been over the top. Oh, I'm so glad. And, you know, what I offered the people. And uh, if you weren't able to attend and you would uh, like to have a be able to listen to uh, the launching of the it is available and uh, if you go to richardflint.com it's there or email me and I'll have it sent to you richard at richardflint.com but we base the learning center on three different tiers of learning mm-hmm. uh, the first tier is what I call the undergraduate and the undergraduate tier is made up of classes and courses that deal with the most consistent challenges, uh, struggles from a lack of information that people go through. And it begins with uh, 13 one-hour lessons about the top 13 issues that over my years of counseling and working with people, I have found to be the top reasons that people can't continue to put one foot in front of the other. Oh, my, yeah. And then uh, we have the graduate session uh, tier, which is beyond that. And the graduate tier is all about strengthening. Okay, here's what I know. Here's what I, I, I need to do. Now, how do I implement this? And all of the courses that we have put into the, the graduate uh, tier are about strengthening yourself from the inside. And really becoming strong enough that when doubt is hurled at you, that you can handle it. Mm. That fear can't control you mm-hmm. because fear is only controlled from the inside, not from the outside. So everything there is a part of that. And in this graduate tier, you also get all the colored courses from the undergraduate. And then the one that has amazed me the most um, is the postgraduate. Yeah. And what this is, this is something I have wanted to do for years, but I, it's a very, very select group of people that I can ever take to that level of thinking. Right. Where what we do is we really challenge everything you think you believe. Every course that's there is designed around situations, is designed around events, 
where it's going to challenge everything that you think you know and everything you think you believe. And then here is the interesting thing. We've had a lot of people sign up, and they're signing up for the postgraduate. Isn't that interesting? And that to me is just amazing. It tells me there is a 2% out there. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that's helped is that um, we have offered a 50% discount off of the tuition, off of the fee for each of these. And we've had such a response for it because our original thought was that as of yesterday, uh, the discount would go off. Yeah. And they would go to full price. Like full price on the graduate is ten thousand. The postgraduate is ten thousand dollars. Yeah. And so we've given fifty percent off of that. And the number of people that have stepped up, and I've got so many people that are that are talking to me. I've got a, a list of people to call when we finish our, our conversation. Oh, I'm so we happy have extended uh, the discount through Thursday at seven p.m. I love uh, this. I love this. I'm going to be a little, I'm going to be a busy, busy little bee. I'm delighted for you. This is yeah. beautiful. Because the other thing about that postgraduate is it includes all the courses that are in the undergraduate and the graduate. So this is the entire, um, the entire thing. Wow. And the half price of investment is $49.97.50, I believe is what it is. And if people want to learn about it, they just go to richardflint.com backslash launch 50. RichardFlint.com backslash launch 50. And everything is right there. I am so excited about this because <laughs> this is what I've wanted. Yeah. I, I believe that a lot of these education yeah. is neither one of those two. It's brainwashing. It is, right. And I think that what we're offering in the Learning Center is actual education to help people be able to find the stage for their life. Everybody has a stage. You're on your stage. I'm on my stage. Yeah. Now, these stages that we're on right now, they're going to evolve. But if I don't continue to step into the classroom of learning, I can become stuck on the stage that I'm on and miss the next stage for my life. And I am, I'm, I'm in the learning center. Going to, we're going to be challenging people to use your turn to learn what it means to critically think. I don't think people understand critical thinking. Yeah. I'm not even sure they understand thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's but, a lot of that. Yeah, this is just me. That's what I hear. Well, this is just me. But what does that mean? What this is just you? What do you think? I think I'm looking at somebody else? You think I think maybe perhaps you're a tree? What does it mean when people say this is just me? Well, it's just how I am. How are you? How'd you get to be this way? Yeah. Well, when people say that to me, Deb, I always come back with this, and this is all you want to be? If this is just you, is this all you want to be? Don't you think there's anything more for your life? That's beautiful. Well, I, I'll tell you, thank you so much for sharing that. I actually went on to um, the Facebook page that I created for you for our show which is all about featuring you, featuring this episode, this uh, this thread of episodes. And and I posted on there the link so that people could on um, the Facebook page that is um, uh, Richard Flint. I mean, go to Richard Flint on Facebook, but also go to um, Richard Flint Apologies. <laughs> And you'll oh, find I this too. You doing that. Absolutely. I want to promote 
and and get you as successful as I I see you as being. And I know the goodness of what it's so easy for me to promote you because I know you. I know your intellect. I know your content. I know your heart. And I know that you come by your your credentials honestly and and you come by where you're at in this life honestly. I mean you you were you were born in the contrast of what you wanted for your life. Well there's like no better way to get started on a journey. Yeah, the page is called No Apologies. Richard Flint, No Apologies. I love that. That was Richard's creation, by the way. I just called it, you know, terrific Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> and you came up with no apologies because we have to have no apology for being Americans and loving America and no apologies for uh, crying out saying what's going on here no apologies for saying this is wrong and this is what we want no apologies for inviting you to come here and learn how to do something different with your mind and actualize your potential well and I don't want I don't want to and I won't I won't ever apologize for my beliefs they are my core yeah uh, you know and um, I I, th- I won't apologize. You don't have you don't have to believe what I believe. That's okay. That's yeah, you. Right. Because we're all individuals, and we are who we want to be. And you know, it comes back to my little philosophy that gets me in trouble all the time. But I tell people, you're exactly in your life where you want to be. And if you didn't want to be there, you wouldn't be there. And I, I think that I think that. Sameness is easier than growth. Yeah. Evidently. It's so much much easier just to lock yourself into a routine and to live with what you were talking about. Well, this is me. Yeah. Or, you know, this is how my life is ever going to be. If that's what you believe, that's what you have. But I'm sorry. I I can't accept that from me. No, I can't either. I can't either. And and I <clears throat> I have re reconstituted my my dedication not just here on Blog Talk Radio on this platform and on social media overall, but also for build the strength within and the the work of that online course, the work of that book. It's a great book, it, you know. It's a it's a beautiful work of art and. It's a, it's, the content is rich and credible, and people really do take a journey, take a walk through your life and see where you're at. And it revolutionizes people's lives, and that's part of something that I really want for people. You know, Richard, when you, when you hit on what you just said in terms of sameness, you know, there are people that we know mutually as well as separately who will sit in their stillness and not move off a go. They're not happy. It's not the way they want it to be. I mean, when I'm not happy, I'm squirming. And I just, I am fighting with myself. Get out of this. Get out of this. I mean, you and I have had conversations. I've needed your help this year. As I have said to you, hey, geez, I'm like stuck in the mires here. And really what it took was my continuing to pray, to meditate, to allow the feelings, but to think my way through them. And then having you and I converse, 
you know, your surprise phone calls or texts, you know, early in the morning when we know we're both up. How are you? That's a really dynamic question. <laughs> I go and look in the mirror. How are you today? What are you doing in there? Where are you, Deb Carlin? And come out, come out wherever you are and be your best. You know, Deb, I, I really do believe that God put us on this earth to achieve three things. Happiness. Yeah. And if you're not happy, why? He put us here for fulfillment. And if your life is not fulfilled, why? Mm -hmm. And he put us here for freedom. And if you're not free to, to be who you are, mm -hmm. why? Because your life is your design. And you can look around and blame everything you want to blame. But it all comes back to one thing. And that is my life is my choice. And I, I never want to get to the place that I'm satisfied with who I am, where I am, what I've done. And because if I do that, I have to constantly live looking backwards and not forward. And I think the horizon is just so exciting. It is exciting. And I am right there with you. You know, there's a lot of reasons why <clears throat> we're on, um, on a platform together and why we want to do more with one another and have all kinds of opportunities for people is because we can get charged up and, and, and be excited about the courage and the commitment to kindness, intelligence, happiness, fulfillment, purpose, and, and everything that is good and godly. Well, you know, all we can do is offer people possibilities. And then they have to be strong enough to look at the possibility and see if within that possibility there is an opportunity for their life. Uh, we can't fix it. So let me can't ask fix you a human life. Let me let me ask you a question. No, but we could give people the tools and then they can do the fixing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what is your daily strategy in terms of coping mechanisms? What is it that you do every day that really helps you cope with life in the world, particularly this year? Well, this year I found myself, um, you know, doing a lot of praying and asking for wisdom and guidance. Uh, I've probably listened more than I've ever listened in my life, and I am a good listener. Mm -hmm. I probably listen more to the pain of people and have taken the consistency of pains that I've heard and really tried to work to help people um, understand the meaning of pain and what you have to do to uh, move through pain yeah. rather than <clears throat> And, you know, I've done, I, I, I've just spent, spent probably more quiet time than I've ever spent in my life, just asking for wisdom and for guidance and for uh, or just understanding how to increase the quality of my presence. You know, this is one of the things I'm so excited about with the Learning Center is that it can expand presence on a much higher basis. Very much so. So what have you done? For my coping mechanisms? Mm -hmm. 
the best thing that I have done is maintained my my private prayer even outside of daily mass and and that is that is always easy for me because my conversations with our creator are just ongoing just ongoing and you know as a catholic it's it's so much fun because you have an in a sundry of people you can pray to <laughs> hey listen god i know you're busy I was thinking I'd talk to the Blessed Mother or to Joseph or one of these many saints. You know, so <laughs> I like that. And um, I I really have have walked and gone to the beach and been on the water. Uh, it doesn't matter to me what the weather is. That really is a lifelong practice for me. Having come from Chicago is to be in nature. And as long as I'm near a forest or a park or a lake, I, that's my that's my go-to, and um, sitting in silence, and 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 sitting in silence with no sound, and then sitting in silence with music that is beautiful, beautiful music that that moves my whole my whole spirit and makes me appreciate God's gift of talent to those people who create the music. And and that's another thing that I have done is I've, I've really concentrated on and learned how to control the noise in my life. Yep, critical. Because there are many days that the noise in our life is overwhelming. Oh, boy. Yeah. And one of the ways that I control the noise is I just have let go of the media. Because we, well, they're just negative noise. So in the last minute that we have left, I want to remind everybody, this is Partners in Excellence Media. We are the news. We are the news. This is where you come for the news about the Learning Center that Richard Flint has put together. Go to richardflint.com and look at the Learning Center. It is right there in front of you. And come back here week after week, time after time, and we will give you everything we have in our yeah. room. Okay. And on that note, Richard, it's Ta again. Okay. Right. Have a good rest of your now afternoon. All right.